Villas Grace Church. Building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know him, to grow in him, to go with him. We are continuing our sermon series in the book of Galatians. We're going verse by verse through the entire book. And the tagline for this series or the tagline, shall we say, for the entire book of Galatians is what you see right there. Freedom from sin is found in Jesus. Or we could also look at the book of Galatians and say that the Apostle Paul wrote this book or wrote this letter to the church in order to defend God's grace. And God's grace is our starting point. We start with God's grace according to the gospel, and we end with God's grace. But the one thing that we must remember about grace, and it is this, grace cannot be earned. Grace can only be given and therefore accepted. As believers in Jesus, we receive God's grace through the work of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, I want to pray for the remainder of our time this morning. I pray that your good news is what is on display. I pray that your word penetrates our hearts to the point where we realize how much more we need you, we need Jesus, than what we did yesterday. Continue to sanctify us. Continue to make us holy in that pursuit, Lord. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ who makes all of this possible. Amen. Yes, this is a picture of a jellyfish. Just in case you were wondering, now I'm going to ask you a seemingly unrelated question as you look at this jellyfish. Did the younger version of yourself ever make a foolish decision? Maybe something that you're now embarrassed to admit that you made? Perhaps a bad decision that maybe led to a series of bad decisions that turned into an era maybe in your life, an era, a period of time of bad decision making or bad decisions that led into bad habits. Now, the question is, because I think all of us should be able to answer that question in the affirmative. We should all be able to say, yes, I have. I have made some bad decisions. Well, we know that's true because we're all sinful. And if we weren't sinful, we would have no need for Jesus, and we're all in the same boat in our need for Christ. But now... Let's transition away from that period in time where maybe some of those things happen. But the question we would like to ask as you think about that era maybe in your life, maybe you're currently going through that era now. Would you like to revert back to that era of bad decisions? Would you like to revert back to that time before you knew Christ? Is that where you want to spend your remaining days here on this earth, reverting back to who you were before you knew Jesus? 
I didn't think so. Therefore, never be like this jellyfish. Now, see, I know what some of you are thinking, like what does a jellyfish have to do with reverting back to who I was before Jesus? See, this jellyfish has been nicknamed the immortal jellyfish. And the reason why this jellyfish has been nicknamed the immortal jellyfish is because it's a scientific fact that it is biologically immortal. Well, maybe, maybe not, but it has the ability and the reason why they're calling it the immortal jellyfish because this particular jellyfish has the ability to reverse the hands of time and revert back to a former, younger version of itself. It can revert back to an earlier stage within its life, church, as believers in the death burial and resurrection of Jesus, we must never revert back. We must never revert back to an era prior to our coming to know Jesus, or as our text today says, or rather to be known by God. After all, why would we want to revert back? to that heavy load, the former burden that we all once used to try to carry on our own. We carried this burden prior to our knowing Jesus, which is all something we should work daily to avoid. We should work daily to avoid carrying an unnecessarily heavy load. We should work daily to avoid the burden. And this brings us to the title of our sermon this morning, which is, Avoid the Burden. Avoid the Burden. We're going to be in Galatians chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. I heard a few of you chuckle, but this was all of us before Jesus. We were nothing but donkeys carrying a load, being suspended in the air, not going anywhere. And we're going to see precisely that here in the fourth chapter of Galatians. Today, our goal is to be encouraged as always. But we want to be encouraged specifically in the eternal salvation that is not burdensome. I want to repeat that. Salvation is not burdensome. To achieve eternal life, there is no burden. All because... Jesus carried the ridiculously heavy load for us. That's what happens when we try to carry the load on our own. And since He has accomplished our salvation for us, we should have prime opportunity, which we do, to avoid the burden. We should refrain, then, from reverting back to a younger more immature version of ourselves now, that person we were before we knew Jesus. After all, jellyfish give me the creeps anyway. So let's get into the text and see what it has to say for us this morning. Galatians chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. Formerly, you did not know God. You were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world, whose days and months and seasons, and oh, excuse me, whose, whose slaves you want to be once more? 
You observe days and months and seasons and years. I am afraid I have labored over you in vain. Amen. Notice that God is mentioned in these four verses, but Jesus is not. But these four verses have everything to do with Jesus. In fact, never forget that the entire Bible has everything to do with Jesus. But with that being said, and after reading these four verses, we have one sentence that defines all four verses. And that sentence is this, which is our main idea this morning. And our main idea from these verses tells us that the gift of salvation is free. But holiness requires maintenance. The gift of salvation is free, but holiness requires maintenance. Please, do not get maintenance and salvation confused. Do you recognize any of these characters? Now, I know some of you are smart enough to know that each one of these individuals are currently deceased, but that's besides the point. Do you recognize any of these characters? Maybe Shirley Temple, Robin Williams, Tony Gwynn, who was a baseball player, Joan Rivers, Alice from the Brady Bunch. Some of you may say, oh, I know Shirley Temple. Yeah, I know her. Some of you may say, oh, yeah, I know Robin Williams. Somebody may ask you, do you know who Tony Gwynn is? And you're going to say, yeah, I know who Tony Gwynn is. Maybe you would say you know Joan Rivers. Or maybe because you watched the Brady Bunch in syndication like I did on the reruns, that you would say, oh, I know Alice. She was the one that dated Sam the Butcher. Yeah, her. But do you really know these people? I mean, let's face it, do you really know any of these people? In fact, I believe that it could be argued that we really don't know someone else until that person knows us. Church, this is true of our relationship with Jesus. Like these or any celebrity... We only know of him unless he comes to know us. And we see just that in verses 8 through 11. Just like verse 8 indicates, we all have the same starting point. We all start from the exact same spot. See, we all start off not knowing the true living God. That's how we all start. Now, this makes us no different than from the Galatians. Because it says, Formerly we both were enslaved to those that by nature, as it says here, are not gods. So just like the Galatians, we started from the exact same spot. And I remember myself, studying Greek mythology in the 8th grade, I remember reading Homer's The Iliad and The Odyssey. But never once did I ever think that any of those gods were authentic. Especially since by that time in my life, I was already accustomed to slaying so-called gods on Nintendo. Now, you too may have never thought that Zeus or Hermes were, you know, authentic gods. But guess what? The Galatians did. 
Zeus, the god of the sky, lightning and thunder, may seem ridiculous to you, but to the Galatians, he wasn't. Hermes, the god of wealth, trade, and luck, may seem ridiculous to us, but to the Galatians, he was the real McCoy. Now, let's talk about some of our gods. The gods we now risk becoming enslaved to. How about the all-knowing god named Google? Even Joe Reader's chuckling at that one. The man hasn't touched a computer ever. <laughs> you think I'm joking? Just keep touching the ivory on the, on the keyboards. That's all we care about, Joe. How about the all-knowing God named Google? Do you pull up the search engine bar before you think to pray? I saw a few heads go down. Me too. How about the God of our image called Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snap? Do you use social media to manipulate how you reflect upon others? How about the God called entertainment? Would you skip church to see your favorite sports team play? How about the God called consumerism? Are your dreams and desires and aspirations tied to your financial position? Church, this is the behavior of those, as it says, who do not know God. It's like saying we know Shirley Temple and, and Robin Williams or maybe Tony Gwynn or even Joan Rivers or even that Alice who used to date the butcher from the Brady Bunch. It's like saying we, we know them, but we only know them in name only. Those that by nature are not gods, as it says here in the text, are things like Google, social media, entertainment, and consumerism. And these are what's really burdensome. That's the burden. We may think it's convenient to go to Google to get all the answers that we need for the questions that we have, but really that's just placing a burden upon us. Because if we do that prior to praying, we're no different than that donkey. And when we recognize the heavy load, brought on by these fictitious gods that we have in our lives, we stand a much better chance to avoid the burden. Now, another way to avoid the burden is to not be like the immortal jellyfish. We must refrain from reverting back to that younger version of ourselves. This is especially true as we observe verse 9 here this morning, and I just want to read a portion of verse 9. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God. See, formerly we did not know God. That's how we all started off. We all started off by not knowing God. Because we do not know God 
And we know we do not know God from verse 9 here because we have become known by God. And that is the difference. It's not about us knowing Him. It's about Him knowing us. And what's foundational then? What is so foundational about knowing God? See, when we know God because He knows us first, we know that the gift of salvation is free. Because those who truly know God know that their eternal life is a gift given freely to them. We know that we can avoid the burden because Jesus carried the load for us. That's the free gift. When we pursue fictitious gods such as technology or social media or consumerism or entertainment, we're no different than that donkey strapped to a wagon suspended in the air due to a heavy load. So, what heavy load is it that you're carrying? What heavy load is it that you are carrying? What is the burden that you must work each day to avoid? You can work to avoid the burden of carrying the heavy load because you want to pursue holiness. But the one thing you could never work to do is to earn your salvation. So why would you carry a heavy load trying to earn your salvation when it's already been given to you freely? Because when we attempt to earn our salvation, even after we know that we know Jesus, we're burdened by the load that we're supposed to carry. So now that we've established this truth that the, free, or that the gift of salvation is free and that we know that it's a gift given freely, a.k.a. that is what grace is, and because in verse 9 it's been revealed that it's not really us that made the effort to know God, because verse 9 makes that very clear. It's not us that has made this effort to know the Lord, but really it's the other way around. We've been made known by God due to the effort of Jesus. Therefore, we only chose God because He first chose us. He chooses to give us grace while we only choose to accept his grace. For it is by grace you've been saved, not by works, so no man may boast. Or for it is by grace you've been saved through faith, because what happens is, and that is Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, Jesus and his work allows for God to give us the free gift of salvation because if we could earn our salvation, if we could carry that cart, if we could put that load upon our back and take it over the goal line of salvation, the first thing we would do is celebrate, brag and boast about how great we are and when we do that, there is no room for Jesus. This is the gospel. This is the good news. Do not complicate the good news of salvation. However, when we do accept His grace, 
we must never revert back to the earlier version of ourselves, a.k.a. we must stop jellyfishing it. It's easy to do. Because when we do, we are only trusting in, as it says right here, the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world. As we've already covered what the elementary principles of the world are a few sermons ago back in Galatians 4.3, you'll remember that we equated this to jumping through hoops. As a way of reminder, it's like taking all Ten Commandments and saying, if, if I do good enough, if I just do a good enough job of keeping all ten of these commandments, then, then God will grant me eternal life. Okay, God, throw out the hoop. I'll jump through. Throw out the hoop. I'll jump through. Throw out another hoop for me. I'm going to jump through there. I'm going to show you that I can earn my salvation. Because that's what happens when we revert back and try to carry that load. Church, this is burdensome behavior. Therefore, we must avoid the burden. Because we could never, we could never personally carry the load intended for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to carry. Only He could carry that load. And since only He could carry the load, therefore, God has given us grace, which leads to faith, which leads to eternal life. And the one thing that Satan is so masterful at doing is guilting you by your past so you can't focus on your future. And every time you're guilted by your past, you're stuck in your past weighted down by the burden, just thinking to yourself, you know, if I just do enough good things, God's going to be satisfied with me. Wrong. God was satisfied with you the day you accepted His grace, the day that you accepted that Christ died for your sin, the day that you decided that you're no longer going to carry the burden because you are incapable God is satisfied in you because of the work of Jesus. We alone could never satisfy the Lord. So as Mike comes up, I'd like to discuss how holiness requires maintenance. First and foremost, we are only holy through our faith in Jesus and His work. So that's one thing as believers we need to become accustomed to. The Lord is making us holy because of our faith in Christ. Therefore, we can only maintain our holiness when we avoid the burden. But what's burdensome is God's... What is actually burdensome is that the gods of this world, which is actually the same as saying the idols of this world, because we've covered that, right? We have a few idols that we live for. Holiness isn't achieved through your best efforts to know God. And that's where we get things twisted. We think that it is achieved by our best efforts. 
but rather it's achieved by God's best effort to get to know us. It's his work. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is just that. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is God's best work. And when we continually make the effort to avoid the burden of trying to please God by our work, by our effort, we make Jesus the object of our affection. An affection that doesn't want to revert back like that immortal jellyfish does in its life. But we don't want to be similar to a donkey strapped to a wagon suspended in the air by a, a fictitiously heavy load that we were never meant to be able to carry in the first place. Why? Well, it's quite obvious because that load was carted off and carried away by Jesus by his work on the cross. And if we think we can please God, then we have nothing to do with Jesus and only have to do with ourselves and our work. But every time we make it about us and our work, we aren't going anywhere. We can't carry that load. And this brings us to our lone point this morning. We can pursue holiness due to God's best effort to know us through Jesus. That's where it begins. We can pursue holiness due to God's best effort to know us through Jesus. We know him because he knew us first. Church, this is the gospel. Does this sound like rocket science to you? This is what this book teaches. This book, if you want to sum this book up, if somebody ever asked you, sum up the Bible in one sentence, you know how you would define and sum up this book? This book is a redemptive love story. We didn't redeem ourselves. He redeemed us. The whole entire Bible is a redemptive love story, and it's founded upon God's grace, the gift given freely of salvation. So with that being said, let's not forget our main point this morning. And that point told us this. The gift of salvation is free. But holiness requires maintenance. And the best way we can maintain holiness is to avoid achieving holiness through our work. The best way to continue to maintain holiness is to learn how to continually rely upon the work of Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we are thankful for your work. I pray that as a body of believers, we can encourage one another and what you have done, and not make this about ourselves, which is so easy to do. I want to pray that you use us to share this truth with others. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. 
For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com, or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.